Hello everybody and welcome to Goldbridge Saves Football. I'm Mark Goldbridge and I tell you what, we are here to save football straight away. We're going to get into Pratt Pundit of the Week because he's involved himself in this VAR drama. But before we get into all of that, Will, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm on a sort of two-day hangover, getting to the age of 32, nearly pushing 33 now. Uh, Guinness doesn't agree with me over a long period of time. so But I'm here, I'm fine, I've had a coffee, I've had a Muller light yoghurt and I'm ready to go, Mark. Well, we're ready to go. We're revved up to go because it's almost like we know what we're talking about here. We we spent a lot of time last week talking about VAR and that was just because of silly decisions around handballs that Wolves had had. And we said VAR has to go. And then lo and behold, it's almost like we know what we're talking about because VAR completely destroys the game of the week. Uh, there's Pratty Pundit comments we need to get into, uh, all sorts. I uh, almost feel like uh, breaking into a Ronan Keating song. What was it? Sorry is all that I can say. In the words of Howard Webb, well, sorry won't do. Sorry will not do. And I'm very, very uh, empowered to be talking about this, Will, because I feel like it's a case of I told you so. From Even before the podcast, I've been talking about this, saying that it's ruining the game. It's not about Manchester United. It's about this decision that happened in this game and that game and this game. Give us your thoughts. I mean, you might have been too drunk to see it, but uh, an appalling situation that the, the beautiful game finds itself in. Well, I might have been drunk, but I'd probably done a bit of decision than the referees on the day because it was absolutely stinking, wasn't it? We, we said it last week. It's like... When I found and discovered the Coop's first album, I thought no one else would discover it. Last week, we were ahead of the curve. We knew what we were doing. We knew what we were saying. And people are this week saying, get rid of VAR. Well, we were saying it last week because the people who are in charge of it don't know what they're doing. They haven't got the right capabilities. And it's showing itself up because you can't... A, a big game like that, it probably... Although the decisions have been going against the smaller teams... Like this is sort of the this is the this is the end of it. I think, Mark. This is where we're gonna finally see if it gets suspended. I don't know, but it needs to go, and it needs to go right now. I'm not saying Premier League football is like open heart surgery, but I do feel like this is a very very high standard of professionalism required. You are literally um, the official in a game that has millions watching and millions and millions and millions of pounds involved. And you are missing quite simple decisions. It's like, oh, I've, I've, I've sliced the liver out and I thought I was taking the heart out. You know, it, it's not acceptable. And to watch that at the weekend, I obviously reacted in my normal way of outrage. But was I shocked? Was I really shocked? No, I wasn't shocked. But what did shock me was the, the, was the, was the reaction that, sorry, sorry seems to be the, 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 the right approach here. And... They're a bunch of dictators. I've said it before. They're a bunch of dictators. But the question is, what do you think will come out of this? We've seen Liverpool saying that uh, they're going to look at options. But what options do you think they could be? Well, I think that that was the best bit because the statement was punchy and so poor. Like, we'd be in an endless cycle, wouldn't we? Where, sorry, cheers, thanks for the apology. Then it happens again and nothing changes. So a punchy statement like that. And I thought Klopp's post-match press conference, is, press conference was great as well, where he was yeah. like... You know, this isn't just my problem. This isn't just Liverpool problem. This is a football problem and we need to sort it. So, I mean, he had a great level of calmness for a man who just lost 2-1 in the last minute and had two red cards. So, I think the statement's great. I don't know in terms of the actual sporting integrity and what can change with that, but really punchy statement. And, you know, we've got something on the way that we think can help change football and change the Premier League to get it up. You know, I'm a championship fan and like I've told you many a time before, 
if you think the EFL mm. referees are going to save you, they ain't. And the reports last week that Saudi Arabia are looking at our referees to sort of take them over there. Well, please pay up now because you can have them. Let's go. I think it's. I think that I've said this a few times, but the, the the decision that annoyed me probably the most was the Curtis Jones one. Uh, maybe that's because I'm a football purist uh, in the in the sense that I I watch the game and it it, it just frustrates me. I, I I love the the game. I love football and this. This podcast obviously is not a Man United podcast. We'll have Man United fans listening. I'm, I'm sure we'll have Liverpool fans and Arsenal fans and many other fans. And you're all welcome, even if you support Lincoln. You're, you're very, very welcome. But when I watch that Curtis Jones one, I, I almost feel that there's almost a badge of honour when you know that's not a red card because it's based on having... And I'm not talking about playing in the Premier League. I, one of the things that really frustrates me, Will, we're going to go up on tangents here, is that I've been listening to a few ex-players and I'm not going to name any names because I can't remember any but they I've heard a few of them saying yeah you need to get people who've played Joey Barton there we go he was one he said you need to get people who've played the game at the highest level in there and I'm, I don't I don't agree I do not agree I've played five aside every Wednesday for five years and I've been in 50-50 tackles like Curtis <laughs> Jones and there's no intent and it's not a red card because you go in to kick the ball away with the top of your foot someone else kicks the ball from the other side Physics takes your foot over the top and you end up stamping on the other person's leg by accident. And everybody on that five-a-side court knows it's a bad injury. But even the person who's had the foul, because they've gone into the 50-50, they know it's not a foul. They know it's not a red card. You probably get a foul because it's like, you know, give him a foul for that. He's He's got hurt. But you don't go and get a red card out. And that, what do we yeah, but- see on the telly? We see a picture of Curtis Jones with his studs on Basuma's leg looking like it's about to snap in too as a freeze frame. And, and and I'm like, there's the referee on the pitch has given a yellow card. He's seen it happen in real time. He's given a yellow card. He's actually right. And then some prat with a TV screen has gone, you might want to look at this picture I've found. He goes over, he sees it look... It's the same as what happened to Gusto last week. I didn't think that was a red either, but it, but it's 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 dramatized. It may as well be on Netflix. You know, it's like wow. Look, let, let, let's clip this up and look at how dramatic it is. It's so out of context. I did think that was a red, but I don't think if if you go into the screen and just seeing a still image, you're giving the referee no decision, so there's no point of having the VAR there in the first place. So I did think that was a red, but then why why did you think it was a red though? Because there's, there's just, just over no the, just just over the top. I just but he's not like, deliberately gone over the top. No, but I think you could scale that back a little bit i think that nowadays you know how to sort of like not go over the top you can scale that down a little bit Jota i think one, maybe... i think that first yellow needs to be reviewed but then they don't review the yellow cards no. do they so well exactly it's stupid and 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 going on to the offside as well i mean it's incredible that they would have known they've got that wrong as soon as the referee kicks off and says offside and plays on for 30 seconds they know they've got that wrong They've got a bloody earpiece in. Why are they not saying to the referee, you should have given that as onside. Um, you need to give the goal. And as there are on-field ref gone, no, I can't because I'm playing on now. I mean, how stupid is that? It's literally like if you just said, all right, we've, we've made a bit of a mistake. You've carried on playing on the game. The goal should have been given. You need to blow the whistle and go and give the goal. Oh, I can't do that. They'll go mad. Well, we're going, we're going very mad now. I mean, look, Spurs fans, we'd be t- look. I'm not, I'm not a hypocrite. If if that goal, if the referee thirty seconds later blows up and says we've made a mistake, it should have been a goal to Liverpool. We'd be talking right here now, saying 
that should not be happening. They should have got it right at the time. But it'd be a far better outcome, Will, because Liverpool would have got the goal. And we would still be criticising yeah. VAR, saying they should have got it right straight away. But at least the right, the, the injustice of this one is just disgusting. Yeah, but in 2023, why have we got to wait now for a show with Michael Owen and Howard Webb where they like monotonously like just talk drivel for a decision? We just should be getting the video, the audio of that whole Stockley Park debacle right now and not waiting for a sort of premeditated show where they're going to sort of try and dumb it down. And then, you know, we've got Ref Watch today with Dermot Gallagher, who, who, you know, is saying... Because there was the, the Nottingham Forest one as well where Brentford should have had a penalty... There's other yeah. ones that we were going to get into as well. Like I thought Brighton were. Well, there's harsh. two penalties at United: one for one for Palace and one for Man United. Handballs. Potent- yeah, potentially. Um, but yeah, it, like Brighton were what they were one 0 down. The, the third, one of the goals was blocked off uh, the goalie view, yeah. which we spoke about in detail. The third one, which was a foul on Solid March. Yeah. yeah, don't even get looked at. And then you know everyone's talking about the six-one, but they're goals at crucial times, and it's just it's, it's a bit well, boring. Well, it, but it is. I mean, we spoke about this last week, but it'd be wrong not to talk about it, which is why we're trying to bring in different angles of it, because we're going to talk about, you know, the the, the media sort of almost like um, uh, just trying to conceal it. I mean, even in the game on Saturday, they didn't really show the replay of that offside until right at the end of half time. It should have been, you know, front and centre during the first half. They wouldn't go back and show it. And like, you're like, well, hold on a minute. I can understand why the referees association don't want to show it, but this is a, a mainstream broadcaster that I pay a lot of money each month to watch, and they're and they're hiding it from us. So 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 are the TV companies in on it as well. And you know, let's talk Pratt Pundit of the week. There's a, there are some contenders, but I, I think Gary Neville has to be a number one contender for me because on on Saturday night, quite rightly, we were in agreement. Like I said, it's not a penalty. It's not a red card for Curtis Jones, and that that offside is un, you know, un, unbelievable. And Gary Neville was trending on Saturday night for the right reasons because he agreed with those stances. A day later, he's putting a tweet out because Liverpool have said a statement which I think is absolutely correct, and he said no, they sh-, with an exclamation mark, no, that Liverpool statement is wrong. The apology should be accepted. And I'm like, hold on a minute. Who's who's crowned him King Gary of football for a start? But also, it's a complete enough other pivot. And look, my experience of these people in the media is that to pivot from one stance to another like that is it's about where your your bread's buttered. And is it because he works for Sky? Is it because he's looking for a position somewhere? Is it because he's got a mate? Is Howard Webby's mate? I don't know. But that was a shocking um, change of opinion, in my opinion, Will. Yeah, I think the perfect bit about the Liverpool statement was it was so punchy because we need action we've spoke about what we need to do and what we can do and we want to shed a light on it and share voices on it and the way that Liverpool reacted that was more than fair because that goal should have stood and it didn't and like we've said the sorry cycle just happens over and over again and no action will will happen unless you get punchy statements like this so I think as a football fan which Gary Neville is now more than anything else he should get behind that because we need to see change and we need to see it happen now. Well, what have Liverpool done wrong? The statement is actually really well crafted. It, it, yeah. it, it isn't emotional. It's actually quite blunt. It's like we're looking at options. The integrity of the game is in question and it's not acceptable. I mean, what? why Gary's got his knickers in a twist about that? I don't know. There must be a reason because, and he's not the only one. I think Simon Jordan was going down the same route as well, saying Liverpool, I mean, he's, there's another contender, you know, Liverpool, what, you know, what they're going to do. What what can they do? It's a mistake. And I'm like, well, hold on a minute. We, we, we actually have been in a position on this podcast and before 
where people are saying, stop crying, stop crying about it, get over it. But I was never crying about it from a Manchester United point of view. We have been the victim, but I've done it about Wolves. I've done it about Luton. I'm doing it about Liverpool now. I've got no horse in that race. My only horse in the race is I love football. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to save football. This is not about who you support. You know, we've got either ors and stuff we'll discuss, but this is about football. I was looking forward to that game all week, Will. All week. And even before the offside, I was like, this game's ruined. The red card ruined it. I was like, well, it's not 11 against 11 now. It's 11 against 10. Whether you think it's a red or not, it's debatable and it ruins the game. And then it's followed up by a goal at 0-0 as well, which completely ruins it. And you think, look, at the core of everything, is it not? Football's popular because we love football. It's not popular because there's idiots involved in it making stupid decisions. And I think Liverpool's statement was correct. And I implore Liverpool for that. And I applaud them as well. Um, I wish Man United had done it in some of the decisions that had gone against them. I I stand with Liverpool on this, which is words I never thought I would say. Uh, VAR was bought in basically to sort of give us this nearly 100% immaculate record on decisions or near enough. And we're probably not even in 50% because if, if offsides was the one that, you know, there's no problems getting that wrong and that's shown its teeth. And I think that's why we would need to see change, isn't it? Because it, something needs, it needs to be suspended or something because it's not yeah. right. It hasn't got the right people running it. It hasn't. I mean, if you're refereeing a game, uh, where, where a Thursday and flying back and Friday and they're, and they're still saying that you've got the, usual preparation for a game of that magnitude it's just not it's just not right and it's just not on oh this is the officials who were involved in this game who've been in Dubai officiating another game on the Thursday yeah I mean look I'm sort of lost in two worlds here because I've the the, the other side of this coin is VAR is here to stay it's human error it's going to happen just get on with it but I'm so scared of what what happens next weekend where they get a few decisions right and everyone says it's okay again because I couldn't believe Arsenal Brentford in February when they then they drew the wrong lines and I was like it's got to go we're now in October and it's happened again so I can't be bought into the whole oh we'll, we'll get it right this time they've spent most of their season kissing ass about how great they are at adding 10 minutes on they never fixed VAR like I don't know why they started all the 10 minute stuff because you haven't fixed the fundamental problem is that we've got the best league in the world and it's broken and it's coming to I always say it's coming to a club near you soon and there were Liverpool fans who were mocking Man United of course that's a rivalry when Casemiro got sent off last season stop crying and I said all right I am crying because it's Man United but I'm also crying because the officiating is a disgrace just happens to be my club it will happen to you soon and to all those Liverpool fans there you go it has happened to you and maybe Spurs fans think oh you know stop moaning we've got to win it's coming to you in fact it happened to you last week and Ketia should have been red carded you, you probably would have won the London derby so everybody is a victim and I just go back to what we said Will last week uh, people say don't get rid of it I, I don't see I don't see it. It's not fit for purpose. It's just not fit for purpose at all. And they, the people who are running it can't fix it because they've already shown they're incompetent. So unless you're going to completely revamp the system, you've got to get rid of it. Do you think it's that hard cut right now, just at least until... Well, I don't even know when turnabout could happen and of bringing it back because there's, you know, there's not a great plethora of referees coming. There's all this talk that they're going to get taken out to Saudi Arabia. I thought the ones that we've got over here are full-time and sort of working throughout the week and and the big one was what Alan Pardew was talking about as well which is something I didn't think I'd agree with as well but he was saying about 
the referees being suspended for next next week. Well, that doesn't help. That's just like a public shaming, and that they, yeah. they're not going to get better by being sat at home getting abuse on Twitter and just watching a game of football that they should have been refereed. They just need to go and throw them back at the deep end and look at the process of what's happening because the process is not right. Where a game, what forty five seconds, they could have still intervened and they and they didn't bother to say anything. So it, yeah, it makes me mad because you're right. I don't care about the person who got it wrong being suspended for a week. Yeah. I think two of them, two of them have been suspended. The guy who did the Arsenal lines got suspended. That actually makes me more angry. I'm like, I don't want you know a scapegoat. It's, I, I know they've made mistakes, but they've made mistakes in a system that allowed them to make mistakes. Like the the, the pro, I, I can't, I couldn't stand it in the Arsenal one, and I can't stand it here. They're throwing those players, those those officials under the bus. The problem is, look, I, I'd fix this. Goldbridge saves football, but it could be Will saves football. It could be John saves. It could be Carol saves football. It, I could fix this in a week. I can't understand why all these pundits and experts don't say what I'm about to say. In three steps, you could you could fix VAR and not have to get rid of it. First step, that that we never need to get an offside wrong again because literally. Even if the referee's played on for a minute, tell him to go back. Like publicly, apo- apologise quicker like, and save the game. Point two, red cards. Don't be getting involved in red cards on the pitch. Leave it to the referee. He gave a yellow card, play on. You know, if they, there's no need to start officiating from VAR unless it's glaringly obvious. And it wasn't glaringly obvious. The, they contradict themselves. On penalties, if a referee doesn't give a penalty, they'll only tell him to overturn it if he was glaringly wrong. On red cards, if he's given a yellow card, was he glaringly wrong? Will thinks it's a red. I don't. He's not glaringly wrong then, is he? Leave it to a yellow card on the pitch. And then the third thing is handballs. All these handballs this season, Romero, Luton, West, all of them are handballs then. Let's have a consistent, if it hits somebody's hand in the box, it's a penalty and we all know it. It's about, and then finally, the final point would be public. Like publicly, get them out in front of camera. Publicly, get Howard Webb talking. Not, not Dermot Gallagher. He's not even in a bloody official anymore. Those four steps would would save VAR and they'd save football. But they're so up their own arse, they won't do it. Yeah, well, that's what it ties back to as well. There's just some sort of arrogance around them, and like you've said before, it's a bit like a mafia where you know you can't hear from him you can't why have we got to wait for this show with michael owen and howard webb it just beggars belief it's it's our game like we should have more action around it we should have more um pe- people coming out and telling us what's going wrong at the time like we haven't got to wait a month for one of the worst shows in tv production history to come out to know that the audio is going to be terrible the video is yeah. going to be bad you've made a mistake if you went and if people just said we've made a mistake a lot more which they do in these sort of terribly worded statements just just a bit more human nature, a bit more, just a bit more. Just be a human, Howard. Well, also, I mean, I, 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 I we're going to talk about Saturday three o'clock kickoffs and, you know, whether this 3pm blackout should continue because I think it's another thing we can solve football with. But just, just to finalise the VAR thing before we move on, obviously there was a lot of three o'clock games on Saturday and I had, um, you know, uh, Sky on because, uh, you know, so many games going on. And I think they had Mike Dean sat at a desk. Oh, and I was like, God... That that's this re, this referee that wasn't particularly good as a paid referee is now being paid to sit on TV and tell us about offic- about decisions. Uh, we really have jumped the shark. Like what 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 are we doing? Paying a poor referee who's retired? It's like Walton on BT, isn't it? As well, or well, it was BT then. 
I don't want to listen to their expertise. Their expertise is under question. It's under fire. And as for Dermot Gallagher on a Monday, he's... I mean, that's just... I don't watch that because I want to know what he's saying. I watch it because it's up there with Mrs. Brown Boys as a terrible sitcom on a Monday morning. It's it's so... He's a comedy act. Like, nobody watches it because they want to go, oh, I wonder what, what Dermot's got to say. They want they watch it because he's like the... He's, he's, he's like... He's like the guy in he's in denial. He would just he'll make up he that's why I do say, well, at the end of the day, it's not a handball. He's just waving at his mum in the crowd. You know, that's the sort of thing Dermot Gallagher gives. And um yeah, it they, it just needs a total reform. And they are a dictatorship. They're a they're a complete dictatorship. And the interesting thing, Will, is I don't know if you know how many times they've apologized. Oh, go on. I think somebody said to me it's around ten. I mean, I c I don't remember that many. But certainly Arsenal would have got one last year. I think Brighton got one as well. We know Liverpool have had one. So we're definitely maybe three. Wolves have one as well for this year. Maybe Wolves got one as well for this year. So maybe they've done, maybe they have done 10. Let's be honest. There could be 10 every week. They're the ones they've owned up for. And they only own up when it's absolutely a mess up. They never apologise for the vast majority of ones that should be apologised for. Like, you know, forget United. What about that Wolves one last week where it deflects onto his hand? It's never a penalty. Never a penalty. With, and of course, go on. I was going to say, but with the offside stuff, there's literally technology that's used in a competition that English clubs playing in the Champions League with the sort of the big screen where the body part sticks through, where you cannot get, you know, don't need some two prats in a van drawing lines on there. There's a, yeah. a AI wall, I don't know, whatever it is, where it's like, no one's getting anything wrong then. That technology's there. We can use it. But again, it just ties back to this arrogance where they're like, you know what? We've got our own lines. Let's keep those for now. Well, look, we're, we're early to the party on this as, as as an audience. You know we've been talking about this for a while. It almost feels like I told you so because we did tell you so. But it doesn't mean that people joining the party late can't be part of it. Something needs to happen. And I don't think it can be swept under the carpet again. And I wouldn't be opposed if Liverpool sued them. I don't know whether they can. But Liverpool lost a league title by one point a couple of years ago. Yeah. They could easily, you know, Wolves could go down because of what happened last week. It, it, just because it's happening in September and October or February, like it did for Arsenal, at the end of the season, a lot of a lot of positions do tend to be resolved by three points or something like that. And especially when those three points are going to a rival of Liverpool's, it's not going to like Wolves, it's going to Spurs. Yeah. It could have a massive implication. So all these people who say, oh, you know, it's a mistake. They shouldn't be doing that. Well, I'm sorry, Gary. Uh, they should be doing that because they were quite... Com- and I, as a Man United fan, I would never say this unless I 100% believed it. Liverpool were robbed. It was an injustice. It's a disgrace. Yeah. And, and and they should respond to it. And it's always the fans that get shot on last. They're like, no one even thinks... Like, Liverpool fans, train strike on Saturday. How are you getting down to the Tottenham game? They've travelled all that way. The game's been ruined. Like, you, you know, the decision's arguable. But with the offside, game's been ruined. And it's always the fans that suffer the most because we're the ones as our clubs are getting affected. Even if you're just a football fan, the game's being affected. And, you know, I bet Howard Webb's not even really thought about that one one ounce. Well, he's not, he's, he's not doing a good job. Howard, you're not doing a good job. Howard's way. It's not it's not going well because he just done it. He did an interview on Monday Night Football. He selected the best clips of audio for VAR and was like, "It's working." It's a propaganda exercise, and I would question why people like Gary Neville and others are suddenly changing their opinion two days later because their bread is buttered by people who clearly have a very cosy relationship with 
the Referees Association in the Premier League. Anyway, I'm sure it'll be a running theme. What do we got next, Phil? Will? I could be Phil, I could be Will, I could be whatever you want me to be, Mark. Uh, what I just wanted to, you know, move away from, you know, looking at the bad of football and maybe highlight a bit of good at the weekend. It was a fantastic first three points in the Premier League for Luton Town, but it came mm. back off the podcast last week where we were speaking, where, you you know, you mentioned, should Sheffield United, should Sheffield United and Luton be playing in the Premier League? Uh, last last two games, Luton have got four points. Where do you stand on it now? Oh, I don't, I don't think I'd say something like controversial like that. But uh, look, Luton are in the Premier League on merit. There's nothing we can do about that now. They are, they are here. They deserve to be here. So does Sheffield United. I comfortably believe they'll go down, but nobody wants them to go down like Derby. I mean, no one wants to break that Derby record, and I don't think they will. I think the nice thing for Luton was that they got their three points away. Everyone would say at home is where they're going to scrap and fight and get points, and to go and do it against Everton at Goodison Park will will really stand them in good stead. I still think they'll go down comfortably, um, but they might finish second from bottom instead of bottom now because Sheffield United look a bit worse. No, I, I, absolutely great. Tom Lockyer getting the goal. Obviously, he was the one who had that, that sort of traumatic uh, incident at, at Wembley. He got the first goal, proper scrappy goal, and then a lovely little work free kick. Three points. Sean Dyche, I mean, I, he was talking about the XG at the end, so I think that's when you know that Everton have got big problems. But It sounds like me on my career mode. <laughs> I'll be back in Luton. Uh, you suffered a loss to Luton last week as well, didn't you? I'm a career mode, yeah. But but I sound like Deitch. I'm like, look, I I feel like we're not far off. Yeah. I, no, yeah. I'm. You know, I said last week I'm back in Luton and I'm I'm back in that train all the way. Should we get into the either or section now? Yeah, I love this. Yeah, let's get into it. Well, we've done Pratt Pundit of the week. Can I just say Pratt Pundit of the week could have been Simon Jordan for his completely dismissive approach to um, people wanting to you know do something about VAR. Um, but I think it's got to be Neville, in my opinion, for. His 24-hour turnaround um, because, well, we, we'll never know why, will we? But, um, yeah, you're getting it, Gary. Um, I think you've been quite lucky, really, because the, the match of the day, I mean, I don't know if you want to start on the Saturday or the Sunday, but match of the day was absolutely stacked. And it was, I think it was like the fifth game where Manchester United's 2-0, uh, 1-0 loss, sorry, to Crystal Palace snuck its way in there. Yeah, well, we don't really need to talk about it. Well, at the end of the day, Manchester United are currently a mid-table team. There's a number of teams starting with Crystal Palace, going through West Ham, Brighton. Every team ahead of us is better than us. It's about, is that our place 10th or is or is a few others going to go above us? Because at the moment, we're absolutely shocking. And uh, I don't have a lot more to say about it. Crystal Palace deserve to win. And um, United are in a bad place at the moment. We're very much, it's, it's us and Chelsea, isn't it, really, that are just, Miles off. Yeah, worst start in 34 years for Manchester United. We spoke the other week about Chelsea. You thought there was not really much attention on them. Eric Ten Hag, is the pressure there or do you get a sort of grace period because of the the season that he had before? Obviously, as of recording, Chelsea played tonight, but worst start in 34 years, Mark. I don't think I don't think he is under pressure. I mean, I I, I watched his press conference today, and uh, I I actually sort of lost it on the United Stand a little bit because I was like, we've lost four of our first. I mean, I I backed Ten Hag as everybody knows. I want him to do well, and I, I like a lot of the players. But there's such an there's such an, a level of unaccountability at Manchester United at the moment. Even in that press conference, it's sort of like, well, we'll just work a bit harder. I think it will get better. And I'm like, hold on a minute, we're tenth in the league. We're clearly visibly worse than most teams above us, if not all of them, and we're not playing well. Like, 
we're Manchester United. I'm Gary Neville again. We're Manchester United. <laughs> but it, it's true. Like there, there doesn't seem to be on the pitch or off the pitch any urgency or realisation of how bad we are. The fan base get it, but the club just seems to be treading water. It's it's really weird. So I think he is under pressure, but I don't. I don't I don't think the club have any I think he could lose to Galatasaray and Brentford and still not be under pressure. And I would, you know, in a way, I think that's good because I, I want him to stay as manager. But on the other hand, it's a bit like what I said about Pochettino. Obviously, there's a lot of work to do at Chelsea. But if you keep losing games, that gets to a point at Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester United, Arsenal. If you lose enough games, doesn't matter what your project is. You do have to be sacked. It would be the same for Deitch at Everton. If you lose enough games, you've got to go. But it doesn't seem to be that pressure at United. It's weird. I don't know whether the club's about to be sold or something like that. But they're, 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 there's definitely just a feeling of apathy around United at the moment. Yeah, well, Poch came out as well and said he, he thinks it's a two-year project. It was absolutely great from him because that's what I'd say. You know, yeah. I said to you, look, to get this podcast number one, Mark, we need a good six-year... I need a six-year contract signed, sealed and delivered. So, uh, if we And even then, you're not guaranteeing anything, are you? <laughs> no, I said top three, maybe we'll get, and we've done that, so we've achieved our goals. Uh, one we, we were speaking about off air, and I've been chatting to about my mates. And Saturday or Sunday, Saturday was absolutely stacked to Premier League action. I was at a wedding; match of the day was glorious. If you're at home, 3 p.m. blackout, you might be able to watch the game somehow. I don't know if you will, but it just felt like a premium day of football from start to finish. And I think there's something in that, but obviously the blackout doesn't help, does it? Oh, as you know, I love football. And uh, on Saturday, Good. it was, you know, Villa, Brighton. I was, it's funny about Villa and Brighton. I'll just give them a bit of bit of bit of praise because Villa, Brighton, probably three years ago, you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't make your worst enemy watch that. You, you really wouldn't. You'd be desperate. And I was like, Villa, Brighton. I can't wait to watch this. Emery, Villa, doing really well. Brighton, everyone loves them. Loved it. Six-one, brilliant game. And I was like, yeah. Then I then obviously I've got to do the watch along for United. But I'm keeping an eye on all the other games. City are losing to Wolves. Villa, Arsenal are back at it. Newcastle and West Ham getting good results as well. And then straight after that, you know, just finished up on United stand, got myself something to eat, put the telly on for the Spurs game, and they completely ruined it, which we've already discussed. But but the Saturday football was brilliant, absolutely superb. And then you get to Sunday and it's like, obviously, I think it was to do with the Ryder Cup, but... There's a lot to be said. I mean, look, when I were a lad, Will, I don't know whether it was the same with you, but Teletext um, used oh, to come yeah, up and tell you the scores. scores. Yeah. Well, used to get a lot of three o'clock games then, and um, we don't now. And I think it was a nice little glimpse back to Saturday three o'clock or Saturday football. You know, I remember at school on a Friday, it would get to about three o'clock in your last lesson and I'd go, this time tomorrow... I'll be sat in my living room naked watching. No, not naked. I'll be sat in my living Where room you with could my. Be naked? I'll be sat in the living room with me United kit on, Sabutio on the telly, uh, Sabutio no on shorts. the ground, and uh, yeah, no shorts. And then you know, teletext and latterly soccer Saturday when that first started. I lo- just Saturday afternoon at three o'clock is brilliant. But I tell you what, the problem is, and we probably haven't even got time for it on this show, but maybe we can revisit it. Goldbridge saves football in the UK. It's absolutely disgusting that they have this three pm blackout where we can't have any televised football on the TV legally. Well, I always say, Will, that there's an easy scenario here as to why it's a disgrace. Bournemouth are in the Premier League. Luton are in the Premier League. Pitiful attendances. Well done. You're in the. You're here now. You, you got there on merit. But I think I think Bournemouth's attendance is eleven thousand. Ten thousand home season ticket holders. A thousand to the away fans. 
Arsenal-Bournemouth, Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock, is absolutely the perfect time to mention this 3pm blackout because it's almost my example game, as everyone will know. Only a 1,000 Arsenal fans legitimately can watch Arsenal play Bournemouth at the weekend in the UK. Anybody else, and God knows how many fans there are in the UK who support Arsenal, probably a million, would you say? Maybe a few more? Yeah, around there, yeah. So 999,000 Arsenal fans in the UK can't legally watch Arsenal play Bournemouth at three o'clock. The, the best league in the world, and they can't legally watch it. And you get all these stories of people, you know, putting out illegal streams and ha- maybe that funds terrorism and all other bad things and tra- people trafficking and etc. And those cases are out there. Something needs to be done about this, Will. Something needs to be done about yeah. this. Like, you can't, it's, it's not, it can't just be, but some of those people might go and watch their local non-league team. Bollocks. I'm sorry to swear, but I can't, it's not, it's 2023. Yeah. I can't believe well, it. I- and and these things are happening. You mentioned like with the with the dodgy sticks and everything like that. That is a clear indication of what the people want and are not being given because people are sort of seeking it out by illegal means and they're, and they're not getting it. Because you imagine watching the sort of we get it a little glimpse of it with the Champions League games with the goal show. If you get if you had those three p.m. kickoffs and it was a sort of Gillette Soccer Saturday format, but you could see the goals going in. I mean, I, I would be sat there naked because I wouldn't need to leave the house and it would be yeah. the best afternoon of my life. Do you know what I mean? You just, you'd have all the goals all the time. And even with the EFL, because they should be, I think they could do a lot more with even what, with what they put out. Because if you're a Premier League fan, you don't really notice it. But if you're seeing the goals come in and seeing this 18-year-old wonder kid who's in League One scoring this screamer, you, you get a bit more of a relationship with that league and take a bit more notice. So... Something needs to be done. I mean, Simon Jordan's gone into detail with it about a sort of Netflix subscription for for the Premier League. And if they had the yeah. same sort of numbers, the, the revenue would be even more through the roof than it is now, which is, you think how cash orientated the Premier League is. I'm surprised they've not jumped to that. So we need it. It needs to happen. Again, the fans are sort of voting with all these different means of getting their 3 p.m. fixtures. And it, that I think that's a really one that we can get behind because that needs to happen. But, you know... Sky Sports, I just it's just not going to happen for a while, is it, with, with their TV deals? I'm, mas- I'm massively passionate about it. It really, really is a huge issue. And unfortunately, you're never going to get the Gary Linekers, the Gary Nevilles, the, the, the Jamie Carragers. The, you know, I'm just throwing names out that have got credibility uh, of some sense in the mainstream. Uh, you mentioned Simon Jordan there. Uh, do, do they not have a Do they not have a horse in this race? I mean, I, I don't get it. If we're, if we're about the fans and Super League and you know ticket prices, this is just remarkable. I can't believe that in 2023, and I've been on about it for years. Like, if people want to use dodgy sticks and you can legitimately watch Spurs Liverpool on Sky at half five, then you deserve everything you get if you get caught because there's a legal way of watching it. But as I say, Arsenal play Bournemouth at three o'clock on Saturday. Only a thousand Arsenal fans in the UK are legally there. So, did only a thousand Arsenal fans watch that game, or did hundreds of thousands watch it? Like we know they did. That is a farce. It's it's Exhibit A, and they sweep it under the carpet for yeah. But a few Arsenal fans might decide to go and watch Leighton Orient. They bloody well didn't. They did not. That's not what supporting your club is. International break, you might go and watch your national league. Midweek, your team's not playing. You might not. You might go and watch national league. But you're not gonna. I'm not gonna go down Solihull Moors at three o'clock on Saturday if they were at home. If Man United are playing against Crystal Palace, because I want to be kept up to date with what's going on. I want. I want. I want to be involved. And 
it's incredible to me that the Premier League is English. It's a worldwide sport, but it is English. But it's incredible to me that my mate in Ireland and my mate in Norway and my mates in South Africa and my mates in India can all watch it. Oh, you got a lot of mates. And I, I've got loads of mates. I've got about 102 mates. How many mates you got? But no, it's... It, it, but, but, but I find it incredible. And I, I think the solution is, and I've said it before, Will, I mean, the solution, I, I would say there's, there's a couple... But you've got to, I mean, when we had COVID, they played every game, didn't they? We've already had the proof in the pudding. Because of COVID and people couldn't go to games, they put every single game on the telly and it, and it was brilliant. I'll tell you what, I might, be, I might be a sick freak, but I was absolutely in love with a little 6pm midweeker. That they were absolutely, do you remember those when they were on the yeah. telly? COVID, you'd wasn't it? work, oh, 5pm and then you'd have a little sit down with your tea with a little Premier League game on a Wednesday They were on night, every day, weren't that. they? And people oh. say COVID was a bad thing. Which it was, which it was. I don't know how good also, we had it. But it also gave us a glimpse into a lot of things. All these Zoom meetings where you get to work from home now, that's down to COVID. Uh, Premier League's had a glimpse. Oh, COVID was a bad thing. A lot of people died. But what I'm saying is that we learnt a lot from from it. We've had a glimpse of how things can work better. And look, I, I think uh, a Premier League pass would be a great idea where you literally pay to have access to every single game. You could make it a little bit more of a monopoly, Will, and I think you'd be against this as a Blues fan, but you could do what I think a lot of clubs would like to do, which is they have their own season ticket pass, which would destroy Sky, TNT and everybody else, but you'd buy your season ticket pass for Manchester United. I'd be against that because I love football and I like watching Liverpool Spurs and I like watching Man City Chelsea. So personally, I think there's a way to do it where you don't make Man United super rich because more people watch them than, than they do Bournemouth. But you just have a Premier League season pass where everyone can watch every single game if they want to. Yeah, well, you speak about that as well, because even like down, the, I remember speaking to the, the guys down at the Moors and mentioned that obviously when Wrexham were in the National League and they bought that in, and yeah. the, obviously the amount of people that wanted to watch Wrexham games in comparison to a, a Bromley, let's say, it was just astronomical. But a Premier League pass would work if it all got filtered out right. And it's, you know, all the systems and the technologies are there for it to happen tomorrow if it needed to. It's just disgusting and that I, it doesn't. I, I think we're five years off. I, 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 I find every, every, like this weekend, I was in despair. I was like, oh my God, like look at the volume of three o'clock games there are and we can't legitimately watch any of them. And I, I just think it's broken. I think it's broken, but there's a lot of things broken. You know, we've got the greatest league in the world. But it's, we've, we've, we've spent most of this podcast just talking about things that other countries just wouldn't... I don't think there is a 3pm blackout in La Liga. I don't think that there, there certainly wouldn't be one in American sports. No, I, like, I, I, I don't love, know. You know I, I, I put love that... my NFL. Yeah. I love my NFL. This weekend, you, you, every weekend you have red zone where the game switch yeah. between either ones when the momentum happens. This weekend they had um, the Toy Story enhanced experience where you, if you had children, you could watch the game in Andy's bedroom from Toy Story, which I know you'll be a big fan of, Mark. And, Sounds a bit nonsense you know, to me. The, yeah, it did a little bit when it came out. They're pushing the boundaries of, of that. And, you know, we're, we're still watching, you know, six people sat around a monitor watching a game that we have to listen to them tell us about. And, you know, you can't legally watch a game. So a I'd love to know the answer to that. Be on our agenda. Remember, we have got the podcast on Friday where we do our Goldbridge game and uh, it went really well last week. So check out that episode coming up on Friday because we've got the results of that goal, first ever Goldbridge weekend where we try and pick five scorers. But uh, we'll also have an answer for you in relation to that on 
is the UK the only country in the world that has this sport 3pm blackout? Because again, it's, 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 it's not anarchy, it's archaic and it's a dictatorship. Um, we're meant to live in a democracy and we're being told we can't watch football at between certain hours on a Saturday. People, you know, again, I'll do it. We'll do it. We're dealing with VAR at the moment, but I think there's a movement there. I think, I think, if you can explain it to people, they'll they'll they'll, they'll really the Bournemouth Arsenal thing explains it perfectly. Anyway, and also there's a lot of people saying that you wouldn't go to the game because you know it'd be on TV. But if I'm going to a game, I'm going to a game. It doesn't matter if it's on yeah. TV or not because you're getting two different experiences completely. Also, there's the, the argument's flawed because Arsenal fans will go to the Emirates and sell it out and there'll be a lot of people who can't get a ticket who need it to be on the telly. And if Arsenal are at home to Everton, and not everyone's going to stay at home. They'll sell it out. It's, yeah. it's supply and demand. What they're trying to do is protect weak brands because they're trying to you know it doesn't make any sense effectively it needs something needs to be done about it um just to also remind before we move on to some of these um random either ors uh on friday we're giving away an episode not an episode um what do they call it well we not are an giving episode. away an episode on friday but we're also yeah. giving away a copy of eafc 24 a copy we? that's what i meant a copy of eafc 24 or a code um so make sure you tune in on friday for that um should we do some of these either ors will yeah i mean we spoke a lot about Villa Brighton but you've you've put one in here which has already aggravated me just by looking at it on the Google Doc you've said Villa or Spurs to finish higher this season yeah good one uh what do you think well I mean I think my intentions are quite clear going into this I'm one I'm a big Ange lover and thank you very much for the feedback on the impression um a lot of people saying it was the best big Ange impression they'd ever seen um quite a niche subject but thanks again and secondly um I hate Villa so it's a clear Spurs win for me oh, on that will one. You've let yourself down there, you see, because everyone will be saying, well, they they always say it anyway, Goldbridge is a lot better than Will, but they'll they'll yeah. definitely be saying now, I think, they'll be saying, you know, isn't it refreshing that Goldbridge can't stand Liverpool and yet he's spent most of the show sticking up for them and fighting their corner and Will just can't move past his bitterness towards Villa? Yeah, but yeah, come on, you don't think that Villa will finish above Spurs this season, surely? I'll I tell you what, I think, it, I, I think it's closer than you Thank might you. think. I think it's closer than you might think because... Spurs are very good, but if James Madison gets injured or Son gets injured, I think it, it all falls apart. Um, the same way with Aston Villa, I think if they were to lose Diaby or you know, to be fair, Villa are more a sum of their parts. I mean, they could they could lose Matty Cash and it could all go wrong. And can I just say as well, on Friday we did Premier League team of the season so far. How good do we look when you go through that team? <laughs> we had Matty Cash at right back and we had Anderson yeah. at centre back. And they were little niche hipster picks and they both bang delivered. So yeah, check that podcast out if you didn't see it from last Friday and, and, and find out what the rest of the team is. I'm going to go Villa just to, just to split it. I think, it, I think Villa, I, I think it's a great question, Villa or Spurs. And I'm not going to definitively say it's going to be Villa because it's Goldbridge saves football. But I think it's, you know, I'd be happy for you to go to Spurs, me go Villa, see what the listeners think. Because I think, I do genuinely think it could come down to injuries. I don't think, I think if they played each other tomorrow, it'd be close. Yeah, and it, well, I think the the big thing with Spurs, you sort of getting swept away with the momentum, not just of the on-field performances, but everything off it with, with Ange as well. And I'm fully in that tide. I'm being swept in. So I I, I think I think January would be very interesting for both teams to see which way they go because you know if Tottenham are second or third in, they've still got this Harry Kane money to spend as well. Will they double down on a, a yeah. bigger signing that they normally Villa would have got money as well? 
Billy would be hard. Money. No, Billy would got money, yeah. You just love Ange. Mark, I don't know if anyone can get him. I don't know if anyone can get a message to Ange, by the way, but uh, li- this is honestly the truth. If anyone knows him, we- we'll come and film this. Will would happily come to his house and wash his car. And probably, really? and, and, probably, <laughs> and probably wash his back as well. He'd do anything. But uh, we'd love to get that, Ange. Will washing your car is his number one. He absolutely loves you. He never shuts up about him. Have we got another either or? Yeah, well, we're speaking about Villa, which you had a lot of Villa mentions today for me. I don't know if it's because, you know, you're annoyed because I had a, went to the wedding and couldn't watch much football, but you brought up Villa again. You've said Ollie Watkins or Eddie Nketiah. Well, I, this, I, I like this one because uh, Watkins, I think, is massively underappreciated in the English game. I thought his hat-trick at the weekend was, was superb and uh, Southgate was in the crowd. And uh, obviously, we'll be doing the podcast over the international break and no doubt, I'll be revved up about Southgate doing something stupid again. But he could do it straight away next week by picking uh, Enketia over Watkins because he didn't pick Watkins in the last England squad, but he did pick Eddie Enketia. And I'm like, I just, Ollie Watkins is so important to Aston Villa and he's a bloody good all round striker as well. I think he can play, he does all the hard stuff, he can also score goals, he's physical, he's quick. He ain't Harry Kane. No one's Harry Kane, but he should be in that England squad. And look, I don't mind Nketiah. I've just said that he starts too many games for Arsenal. He's not, he's a bench player as far as I'm concerned, where Watkins every day of the week. Yeah, and you know, this is look where I've dropped the bias out the door and I say I would rather have Ollie Watkins in the England squad because, and I'm surprised Southgate doesn't back him a little bit more because I feel like he's a Southgate type of player. The only mm. thing you could say is a little bit streaky sometimes when them goals aren't coming, the drought sometimes happen for, for a bit longer, but no, I like Ollie Watkins. I would like to see him in the England squad, but I won't want to see him finish above Spurs. Do you want to finish on a bit of a funny one that was uh, put into our community tab on YouTube? Have we got, have we got to do the Rashford one. Oh, sorry, the Rashford one. Sorry, I just skimmed. Oh, sorry, I I, I'd lost, you know, I'd lost track as well. I was just trying to think if there's anybody in football I'd wash not, their car for free. Well, like, you mentioned Southgate. I'd, I'd do back to back Southgate and Posta Coglu's car straight away, and I'd do that free of charge. Um, yeah. Jet wash them, give them. Do the wheels and everything. Um, Marcus Hoover Rashford it out. getting bit. Yeah, I, you know, full works. So that's not in doubt. Um, Rashford getting a bit of stick for his performance yeah. at the weekend. Not been hitting the heights. He's in my fantasy team. I think he's dropped point two mil, him which off. is absolutely. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna bin him off. Um, le- playing on that left wing. Now we were looking at other left wingers in that position, and we've come up with Rashford or Grealish. Who would you rather take now? Oh. I thought you were going to do like Rashford or Saka or Rashford or Son and then I could go, you know what, I like Son and Saka and to be fair at the moment, this moment in time, they're better. Have you ever noticed how footballers, even Ben Foster was doing it the other day, then I was in the radio, Stuart Pearce did it, Ali McCoyce did it. I've noticed so many ex-footballers go at this moment in time and I'm wondering if when they're media trained, that's the that's the, that, that's their cry for help. You know, like their safe no, word. That's just, yeah. That's just you saying, like, I think this now, but if this clip resurfaces in six months' time, I've said that. So that's yeah, it's media training, isn't it? I, I reckon they yeah. get told that, ex-players. Uh, ex-players do it a lot. And I reckon at some point in their media training, they get told, if you say at this moment in time, there's no comeback. There is if it's illegal. Uh, not that Ben's done anything illegal. He's very, he, he spends his afternoons ironing, apparently. Um, this is this is, 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 is just... Quite cathartic. Just such a lovely guy. Anyway... Um, I've, I've, see how I tried to deflect Rashford or Grealish at this yes. moment in time 
<laughs> um, it's well at this moment in time, I'd say Grealish. Um, I should. I'll be honest here. It's Grealish. I don't want it to be Grealish, and it shouldn't be Grealish. Marcus Rashford should be winning in a head-to-head either or against Jack Grealish because he has got the talent and he has got the capability, but he doesn't have the consistency. And it's a bit like saying, at their very best, who's the best player on their best, best day? And I'd say Rashford's better than Grealish on his best day. But I'd be a hypocrite because I've always said, would I take a 9 out of 10 player who can give me 9 out of 10, three games out of 10? Or would I take an 8 out of 10 player who can give me eight times out of 10? And that's why I go with Grealish. I think Grealish is more consistent. Um, I really liked him at Villa. Didn't like him when he went to Man City, but he's become a better player at Man City. So yeah, Grealish is better than Rashford because he's got the consistency. And that's the thing that Man United and Rashford do not have. And I hate to say it, but you know maybe that's a wake-up call to Rashford and Man United. Jack Grealish is a better left-sided player than you. And it shouldn't be the case. I'm, and it's not, it's not my fault. That's not my fault. I've just always thought with Marcus Rashford that he sort of needs just to get away from Manchester United. I've thought that for the last couple of years. I just think a move would just freshen up his career. And I know he's a massive red. He's a sort of catalyst for the club. But I've just always thought he needs to move away and it would sort of revitalise career because, for me, he just needs it. Well, it's never going to happen because he's just signed a massive new contract, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, look, the, the, the solution has to be um, that it resolves itself and he does well because the the alternative isn't worth thinking about. He's on a massive contract on massive wages. You don't want it to not end well, do you? So I think he will come good, but whether he'll ever be consistent, I, I, I don't know. But yeah, Grealish. I mean, that's, look, Grealish is better than him. Son's better than him. Who plays on the left wing for Mark Martinelli? I don't know. I don't know. Arsenal fans would say yes, certainly on form he would be, although he's injured and people would still say on form he's better injured. Um, yeah, I mean, what do Liverpool do off the left-hand side? Diaz oh, is better your, than him. Uh, yeah, Diaz is better than him, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, I mean, this um, is the can problem. Can we end on a bit problem. of a funny one just to cheer you up? Go on then. Um, we've got one here from SWJ. It says either or for Mark. Uh, number one, Southgate as manager, as Manchester United manager for the next five years, or two, Jamie O'Hara and Gabby Bonglahor as the only pundits you can listen to for the rest of your life, including online content. I, I, I would definitely take Southgate for the next five years because there's no. I was listening carefully there. There's no parameter that I can't go live on United Stand every night going Southgate's an absolute arsehole. Whereas if it's O'Hara and Gabby, all I have to listen to, what what can I do? Whereas at least I can just yeah. get in on Southgate and say he's clueless for five years. I mean, look, I've had 10 years of United not being very relevant. I mean, another five is uh, yeah, bring it on. Very diplomatic of you. Um, should we get into everyone's second favourite game now? I think um, after Friday's podcast where we established the brand new game of Goldbridge, which has taken uh, the football which is better than storm. football hangman. I, I'm actually thinking yeah, football of football hangman second. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm actually thinking of trying to get rid of football hangman for something better. But um, we'll do it for now. We'll give it another yeah. stay of execution. Pardon the pun. It, yeah, is it my? It's my turn as well. Your yeah. turn. Your name. What? My turn to think of a name. Yeah. Yeah. And I've thought of that name now. I must say, people at home like this because they can play along. Uh, okay, right. I've got a pen anyway. Do they play in the Premier League currently? No. Ooh. Did they play in the Premier League previously? Yes. Previously. Okay. Are they retired? Yes. 
Did they win the Prem? Yes. Are they English? Yes. So I've done one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Um, did they play for Manchester United? No. Arsenal? Yes. Oh, English. Arsenal. Three guesses. Oh, right. Okay. Tony Adams? No. Okay. Is he a midfielder? No. Ian Wright? No. So I've got two guesses. I've got two two things left. Um, won the Premier League, English retired striker? No. Lee Dixon? No. David Seaman? No. I've got one more. I'm allowed, I'm allowed another question. Um, yeah, yeah, one more question. Okay. Duh. Is he a pundit on TV? No, no, not really. I mean, very, very rarely. Nigel Winterburn? No. Ashley Cole? No. Okay, I've, I've, I've lost. Who is it? Sol Campbell. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to get a good one. got Tony Adams. Yeah, that is a good one, actually. There'll be a lot of people at home that get that. I think it's an age thing. I think I was just thinking around a certain Arsenal team. And I, I was, I was yeah. thinking Ray Parler, Ian Wright. I just wasn't thinking Sol Campbell. Nobody thinks Sol Campbell, let's be honest. That's why he can't get a, a job on radio or anywhere, isn't it? You know, no one's thinking about him. Sol Campbell, you need to get a new agent. Come on here. We'll, come on as a guest. We'll get you popular. Uh, well done, Sol Campbell. You, the only mention you'll get in the media this week. Um, that's a bit harsh, Will. I didn't, didn't write, yeah, like reading harsh, that yeah. line. Especially if you want him as a podcast guest. Yeah, he's welcome. Um, anyway, look, as ever, fantastic show. Slightly longer show. Could have spoke about a lot more, but uh, that's what we're here to do. Soul football, save football as well. Don't forget Friday, Will. Um, looking forward to that. I've not even had a glimpse on how our scores will be from the weekend. I do know Calvert-Lewin scored, so I've got one out of five. But um, I can't remember mm, what yours were. So it'll be interesting on Friday. Goldbridge is back on Friday, podcast out at seven o'clock and we'll have something topical for you to get your teeth into. You can check out our Premier League team of the season so far that we did last Friday. All I'd say is that is that, you know, we're not just saving football. We're geniuses. We're almost, it's almost like we've got a crystal ball. We can see what's coming in the future, can't we, Will? Yeah, we, I mean, we did that. Look, at we, we watched a game of football that Luton revolved in and we called out the biggest controversy a week before it's happened. We're calling out a team of the season players before they're going to be introduced. We've, we've Mystic Megs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks everyone for watching. Don't forget to leave us a review, a comment uh, and follow us on Spotify and whatever else you're listening to on podcasts. We're back on Friday. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your dog. Uh, we'll speak to you all later. Thanks for watching and listening. 